Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, period. Except there's not a period there, there's a comma there. And be raised again the third day. Man, that's some glorious truth, isn't it? Uh, That is a beautiful truth of the good news of the gospel. But look at verse number 24 or 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. The Lord's right with him. The Lord told him directly, this is what I'm going to do. And Peter said, no, I got a better idea. Isn't that modern day Christianity? We've got a Bible in our lap. We've got the words of the Lord, and we say, now, Lord, I've got a better idea. I'm telling you, they didn't believe what Jesus said. He said he was going to rise again. His own disciples didn't believe him. Look at verse number. Let's go to Matthew 17 and verse number 22. Matthew 17 and verse 22. Bible says, and while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, the son of man shall be betrayed in the hands of men. And they shall kill kill him, period. Except there's not a period there either, is it? There's a comma. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. He just told you he's going to rise from the dead. You would think they would clap their hands. You think they would hold their hands up and say hallelujah. You think they would stomp their feet and do the Pentecostal dance. They didn't do anything like that. <laughs> uh, we'll be sorry. That's a sorry answer to give to the Lord of glory. Why would you say that? They weren't willing to believe him. Now, they didn't rebuke him like Peter rebuked him, did they? But it sure did rain on their parade. Come on, Lord, can't you just set up a kingdom? (laughs) How about the kingdom, Lord? Fellas, I just told you I'm going to rise myself from the dead. And I got one of you rebuking me, and then I got the rest of you fellows saying you're sorry. Isn't that the reaction we get when we try to tell people there's a risen Savior that offers them eternal life? Amen. Amen. Matthew 27. Let's see what his enemies did. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27, the end, or towards the end, let's get verse 39, I guess more in the middle. Matthew 27, verse number 39. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. This is Christ on the cross. And saying, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and elders said he saved others himself. He cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross 
and we will believe him. You see how his enemies responded? All that he went through. All that he told his disciples that he was going to go through. And his enemies standing at the foot of the cross. And we say he arose like it's nothing. We treat it like it's nothing. We live our life like there's no living Savior. We go about our week and we go about our day and we punch the clock. And we live as if Jesus Christ hasn't arose. I'm asking you this morning, do you have the same heart attitude as the disciples? Come on, Lord, do we have to talk about this? Can't we just talk about the kingdom? Can't we just talk about earthly stuff? We trample over it by the way we act, by the way we talk, by the way we think. It's the most glorious news that can ever be told. John chapter 20. There's hope in the gospel. And that gospel is not complete without the resurrection. John chapter 20, verse 15. John chapter 20. The Bible says in verse number 15, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? The first words Jesus spoke after he rose from the dead. She's supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou be born him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. When you look at John chapter number 20, why does Mary Magdalene say, She's supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir? If thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Is that she too? Is it that she too didn't believe that he would rise himself from the grave? Did she not believe that he would resurrect himself? Has unbelief so crept in, even though Jesus told them specifically, and he was there with him? If they believed that the resurrection was going to happen, why weren't there crowds of people at that tomb? Why would anybody that believed that Christ would rise from the dead even have the thought blip onto their mind to bring any type of embalming uh, elements? You don't need that for a risen Savior. You don't need that for somebody that told you he was going to rise from the dead. I think we talked about this last week. You tell people they're whoever their favorite rock star or music star or whatever fill in the blank star is. And the ticket goes on sale or the widget comes out or whatever it is that is popular. People will camp out for days. There's a big sale going on. Man, people will count, they'll camp out for days. I got to get the next 
Jesus Christ said he was going to rise from the dead. Nobody showed up. He's standing there with Mary Magdalene, and she thinks he's the gardener. It's your mind. I'm here to tell you this morning, it's your mind. And it's my mind when I get like this. It's so consumed with other things. Your mind is so consumed that you just can't believe the simple words of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, this world, it is designed to weaken your faith. It's designed to numb your mind. It's designed to tell you that you can have victory in your own strength, on your own will, without Jesus. And sin? What in the world is sin? I've never heard of it. Do <laughs> you know how many people today, if you say to them, do you know that you're a sinner? They don't know what sin is. Because <laughs> as far as they're concerned, everything that they've been watching, everything that they've been reading, the lifestyle that they have been brought into, it's never been mentioned. Never been mentioned. Look, I know we're not supposed to make pictures or graven images of Jesus and all that. I'm with you on that. But if you flash a picture up of a, of a bunny, not a real bunny, a one in a costume, and you show it to all the second graders, Oh, and you say, who's that? That's the Easter bunny. That's the Easter bunny. You take another picture and you show them the picture of Jesus. Now, I know we're not supposed to make pictures. I'm just trying to make the analogy work. Who's that? They have no idea. They have no idea. Why? Because the mind is so absorbed with other things. It doesn't blip on the radar. They're not thinking about it. If you've got a Christ of good deeds and creeds, you've got a dead Christ. If you've got a Christ of religious systems, you've got a dead Christ. If you've got a Christ that says, I can do more good than bad and God's going to forgive me because I'm so good and so wonderful. You've got a dead Christ. That's your gardener. You're looking at a gardener. You're not looking at the living Savior. You don't need a dead letter. You don't need a dead letter of the law. You need the spirit of the living God to resurrect yourself into a newness of life. That's what you're given. That's what Romans 6 tells us. You've got tears. Jesus saith unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Her tears are just blinding her, it seems as if. And she thinks it's the gardener. I'm telling you, you put a priest or a preacher in place of Christ, you've got nothing. You put church membership or good works in the place of Christ, you and I have nothing. All we've done is mistaken our gardener. For Christ. It wasn't the gardener that was standing there. It was Christ. She missed it. She missed it. Look at John chapter 20 verse number 16. Jesus saith unto her. Mary. Notice the personal attention. You want to have a thriving. Christ honoring. God glorifying. New Testament church. 
show some personal attention to one another, get to know one another, spend some time with one another. I, what I find interesting is how come it wasn't uh, Mary's earthly mother? How come it wasn't John? It's interesting that it's Mary Magdalene. I don't have the answer. I'm not saying, I'm asking. It's interesting. But Christ dealt with Mary here in verse number 16. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, Christ dealt with Mary as he deal with, deals with us. He reveals himself with a personal call. And joy only comes after hearing and answering that call. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness. Whatever your name is, just fill it in the blank right here. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Someone, someone says I don't think I don't think he can save me I don't think Jesus would call me no that's because nobody else wants to call you <laughs> but that's not Jesus how come I don't have any friends how come nobody calls me you missed it there you go again with the gardener Jesus is calling because he has a very intent and specific interest in you. How can that be? I don't know how he can have an interest in you any more than he can have an interest in me. Because we're just so us. We trample over the idea of the resurrection. We disbelieve him at times. Yet he takes a personal interest in us. That's why he came to the cross. That's why he rose again. And that's why he's calling your name this morning. If you don't know who he is, listen. Jesus Christ is calling. You must respond to that call. And receive the invitation that he extends to you. Mary, 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 fill in your name right there. Jesus is calling. Luke 15. Bible says there's joy in the presence of the angel of God over one sinner that repented. Bible says in John 15, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Why? We're talking about a risen Savior. Why is anybody this morning that's sitting in here depressed? Why would you feel like there has been joy sucked out of your life? There's some people. There's some people you just don't want to be around. It's just like the, 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 the joy-sucking syringe. And any of you that have a job any length of time know that there could some be, there can be some co-workers where you just can't wait to clock out. And of course, those of you that have families are thinking, I can't wait for bedtime. I'm just worn out. I just get, there's nothing left. It's just, it's gone by the end of the day. Parents, you know, kids grow up, they want to get away from their parents. I understand some of that. Some of that's, you know, that's healthy. You don't want them living at home until they're 40. But some of them are 
it's a healthy thing. It's, it's good. But there's another side of it too. It's just like, I just want to get away from my parents. I don't like my parents. There's no joy being around my parents. There's no fun being around my parents. Parents, I'm telling you, you better get some joy. If you don't have joy in your home, don't complain that your children aren't joyful. Yeah, but my situation, stop listening to the, those voices. Everybody has a situation. My situation might not be as bad as your situation. But I'm telling you, we have got the same Savior. That means we have got the same joy. You know what that also means? We've got different voices. We've got different trials. We've got different struggles. We can all go around and say, this is what I'm going through right now. I can't believe this has happened to me. Why me, Lord? Am I the only one that have asked those questions? And our joy is based upon our situational circumstances. Am I the only one that struggles with this? <laughs> some of y'all looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, we've got some struggles. We've got some things that make us filled with anguish and stress and anxiety. That is right. Do we have the same Savior? Okay, where does the joy come from? Your toy, your tractor, your money, your kids that have to be oh so perfectly obedient. And as soon as they, you think something's wrong, as soon as they, you know, act out of turn, you know, like you've never acted out of turn. It's ridiculous. We lie the same way that the disciples lie. By, by unbelief. They didn't believe. They didn't believe what the Lord said. They rebuked him and said, ah, how can it be? When we hear something about the Lord Jesus Christ, he's gonna, we're going to have joy. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's abiding in us. It's not going to leave us. He rose from the dead. Why are you in a bad mood? Oh, amen. I wish Sister Myra was here. She'd be, amen. She's never in a bad mood. I don't think I've ever seen her in a bad mood. I get on something like this. She's always got an amen to throw in there. Why? Because she gets it. She understands. She's got a hold of this biblical principle. Joy. Joy. Bible says I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Isn't that a great verse for parents to hang their hat on? I mean, that'll make a really good plaque in the kitchen, ladies. You know, you're cooking and smiling. You got your little, your little apron on. You know, you're baking your little breads and, and all that. The kids are helping. You know, it's all fun. It's great. Oh, it's just joy. You know, are you a child of God? Does your father have no greater joy? Your heavenly father, he has no greater joy. If you would walk in truth, you know, you can have truth. Or, you know, you can have joy. Walk in it. Walk in truth. John 20, look at verse 17. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brother. But Lord, I prefer to stay. Ladies, pay attention. The Lord here is telling Mary Magdalene to go. And tell others. 
and 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 you may say, well, not me, Lord. I don't need to go. You need to go. You need to go out of here this morning and you need to find somebody that needs to hear the good news of Jesus and tell them. You're nicer. You're sweeter. Your voice tonality is more comforting. You're less likely to be rude. <laughs> you have a purpose. God has a wonderful plan for your life. And it's to go and tell others. That's the plan. Go. Jesus bids you to go. And you must declare his truth. After all. The message itself is comforting. Watch what it says. And say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. You know where he's going? Oh, we miss it. We miss it. You say, well, he's going to God the father. Yeah, but you missed it. It's your father too. <laughs> he's going to go. He's prepared a place for you. He's prepared a place for you. Do you have a heavenly father? Are you saved this morning? That's the comforting message. This world is so tough, Brother Jimmy. This, the things I have to go through, the people I have to deal with, the junk that I have to wake up to. I don't even want to open my eyes in the morning. I just want to stay in bed. He said he's going to prepare a place. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that? Then live like you believe it. Don't say you believe it because you know, okay, that's what I check off because I'll get an A on the test. He said he would rise from the dead. And you know what the disciples did? They didn't get an A on the test. They failed. You want true joy in your life? Believe what God said. But my mom lets me down. But my dad lets me down. But my husband lets me down. But my wife lets me down. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He, he's telling Mary Magdalene, I'm going to go and I've got, I ascended to my father and your father and to my God and to your God. Do we have the same God? We're going to the same place. We're going to be with the same Jesus and he died for us the same way. Let's rejoice in that. John 20. Let's continue to read. Then the first day, verse number nine, uh, verse number 18, I'm sorry. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, she showed unto them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so I send, send I you. Get your place in 1 Corinthians. I'll make a couple of comments, but I'd like us to get our spot in 1 Corinthians 15. You know, I really like this chapter. 
because it's where anybody can go, doesn't have any experience witnessing, and they can get the gospel. But what we saw in the first few verses that we read, uh, in the next few verses, was that Jesus said, in verse 19, peace be unto you. And then he says in verse 21, again, peace be unto you. My next question for you this morning and for me is, what are we afraid of? Why do we have these unsettling feelings? Job. Bills. Family situation. Somebody's giving you a hard time. I had a bad experience at church. I don't want to do X because of Y. Fill in your X and Y. It's because of fear. A lot of it is because of fear. Do you believe what God said? Peace. How many mamas and grandmamas here want to have a home full of peace? Then believe what God said to you. How many daddies and granddaddies want to have a home full of peace? Amen. I see that hand. Yeah, we want to have a home of peace. We do. We, we do. Then stop saying it while you're walking around scared to death. Get rid of some things in your life that ought not be there. Get around some people that actually care about you. And don't forget what God said here in John chapter 20. Peace. Peace. You only have one thing to fear. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. You're already there, I trust. 1 Corinthians 15. For I delivered unto you, verse 3. First of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Young people, you know what this is. What is it? It is the, you're failing the test. It's the gospel. This is the gospel. Everybody see that? First Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. Look at verse 5. Here's the evidence. And he was seen of Cephas, then of the 12. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also. As one born out of due time. That's the evidence. I witness evidences that Christ arose. We've got the gospel. We've got the evidence of the gospel. Look at verse number 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead. How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. Okay. You believe that there's a resurrection. You don't have the problem that he's dealing with here. But what I'm saying is. Is our problem this. We know the answer to give. We know the gospel. We know there's evidence. We believe in a resurrection of the dead. We can see that played out in 1 Corinthians 15. So what we say is, yeah, I get that. But then we go and leave and we walk around and about, but we don't live our lives like we believe it. 
And all God wants us to do is believe what he says and the fear goes away and you have the joy of the Lord in the midst of struggling times. I just, I just don't want to have to deal with X. What do we look at in Acts chapter 12 in Sunday school? If you were with us, have you ever been locked in prison for the cause of Christ? If you were, would you be singing and praying and preaching? That's called joy. Would anybody here want to sign up to go to jail tomorrow? There's a sign-up sheet in the lobby. Anybody that wants to go ahead and get locked up in jail for a little bit of time, just go ahead and sign up. Nobody would sign up for that. I mean, some of the wives might just to get away from their husbands for a week, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Nobody would say, If you're even thinking that, we need to talk. <laughs> Look, nobody... I'm making light of the fact because nobody would sign up for that. And so the point of this, the point of me saying this is that none of us want to sign up for hard times. I'll pass on that. Hard time over here. No, thanks. Nobody wants to. But if it befalls you, you can still have the joy of the Lord if you had the joy of the Lord when the times were great. You got money in your pocket. Both of your cars run. Your water is available. There's a roof over your head. And you got all your bills paid. Well, that's easy to have joy. What I'm asking you this morning is, do you believe what God said? Or are you just checking off the box because you know it's doctrinally right? If you believe what he said, live it. No matter the situation. Your joy does not come from your situation. It comes from the risen Lord and what he promised to you. But he rose from the dead. Verse number 12. First Corinthians 15. Verse number 12. We looked at that. Look at verse 22. I'm speaking to you this morning. For as in Adam all die. Even so in Christ. Shall all be made alive. If you. Have not trusted Christ. You are in Adam. You're dead in your sins. And in Adam all die. That's why the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The victory comes at the end, verse 55. Let's go all the way down toward the ends of the chapter. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You will never earn the victory on your own. You can have everything that this world offers you. You can have the money. You can have the fame. You can have good health. Everything. But there's going to come a day when you die. And you're going to stand before God. And you won't have victory. You'll have defeat. And I don't want that to happen to anybody. So if you don't know Christ as your savior, you are not on the winning side. You're on the losing side. 
You have not been freed from your sins. You're enslaved to sin. You don't have a victory. You have a loss. And it will remain like that up until the day you die, unless you hear the call of the Lord. Jesus is calling you and you respond to that invitation and receive him as your Lord and Savior. And then you pass from death to life. Then you're in Christ. You're not in Adam anymore. You are either going to confess him as risen Savior. Pay attention. You are either going to confess him as risen Savior. You're either going to bow your knee now, today, tomorrow, before, you're di- before you die. You are going to confess him as the risen Lord. You are going to bow your knee and confess him now. For the only thing that you're going to have rising when you die without Christ is your eyes like in the rich man in Luke 16. And you're going to look up being in torments. Well, that's not nice. It's not nice that you've not been told that. It's not nice that that part of the message has been left out. It's not nice that these carnival churches go up and deceive people going down what's supposed to be a narrow way. And it's broad and God loves you without the wrath of God. And God God died for you because you're so wonderful. Not God died for you because you're such a sinner. They won't preach on Romans chapter 5 verse 8. It's not a joke. Your eyes will rise and you will look up. You will be in torments. Eternal torments of fiery flames of hell. And you will have no joy. You will have no peace. You will have no hope. You have no victory. No victory. See yourself this morning as God sees you. A wretched sinner worthy of hell. You and I are nothing. Nothing but a speck of dust. But God looked down. Just like he called Mary. He called your name. Because you're precious to him. You're a soul. He wants to save. But you must see yourself. As an awful. Wretched. Vile sinner. It has a heart blacker than anybody in this room. Or you will never see the glory of God. You will never win the victory. You will not do it on your own strength. You will not do it on your own power. You have no joy unless you manufacture it. You have no peace unless you manufacture it. You can buy your drugs. You can drink your liquor. You can go to the dance hall. You can go to the movie house. You can watch all this vile stuff you find on the computer. And you can temporarily manufacture a high because you're addicted to dopamine. You don't know what that is. That's the high you got to get. But that manufacturing of that will 
not last. It will not last. It will kill you. Because the wages of sin is death. Oh, sinner, if you don't know Christ, know him today. Come to him today. Bow your knee today. Repent today. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. I've got the power of God. I've got the peace of God. I've got the joy of God. I've got the risen Savior. I'm on the winning side. And you ask, can I be saved? Can I be saved? Can I be saved? If you answer me, I'm all right, preacher. Then you cannot be saved. If you answer me, I've done enough good works, preacher. Get off my back. Then you cannot be saved. If you say to me, I'm part of this denomination or my church membership is going to get me in, preacher. I'm here to tell you this morning, you cannot be saved. But if you come before God and you say, God. My church membership merits me nothing. My demonation merits me nothing. Then you can be saved. And when the invitation goes out to you and you humbly bow your knee and you say, Lord, I have no good works to offer you, then you can be saved. But until that, you are dead in your sins. And the only hope you have of anything rising in your life is like we said earlier, you're going to look your eyes up our eyes. And you're going to look them up in torments. And God help us. God help us. If there's one here this morning that doesn't know you, Lord, oh, God help us. God help us. Go back to John chapter 20 as we start to close. John chapter 20, verse number 22. The Bible, uh, this, is the, this, is, this is it right here. John chapter 20, look at this. Verse 22, when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a doctrinal question. What has to happen doctrinally, biblically? For the church to have started. The New Testament church. What has to have happened doctrinally? Christ had to have died, right? Well, that happened. Christ had to have been buried for three days and three nights. Well, that happened. Christ had to rise again from the dead. And apparently that has happened. Can we have a New Testament church? Not yet. What's missing? The breath of life of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, you can have peace this morning. You can, you can have joy this morning. You can have victory this morning. You can have it abiding in you. Because you've got the Holy Ghost. If you've trusted Christ, the moment you trusted him, 
you were baptized by Christ into his body, which is what? The church. The church. And you've got yourself a New Testament church. The Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to do the Pentecostal dance. I don't know how to do it. You don't know how to do it. But I'm telling you, that's something to dance about. That's something to jump up and down about. That's something to put your hands up about. That's something to say amen about. Kids, let me hear you try it. Amen. Act like you're excited about a risen Savior. Amen. Kids, that's weak. That is weak. Act, act like you're in the store with mama and you want something in aisle three. Okay? And it's at eye level. It's got a bunch of sugar on it. Amen. Let's hear it, kids. One, two, three. Amen. Acting like the Holy Ghost isn't important. Acting like the Holy Spirit's not important. You better get excited about getting, you know, extra sugary candy. You better be that excited about getting getting some Holy Ghost, all right? Getting some Holy Ghost. All the kids are going to be begging their parents for all the candy that's on sale tomorrow. You get a bunch of Cadbury eggs and caramel, and 10 pounds later, you'll be You'll be sick to your stomach, but but you got a good deal on it. <laughs> Why do we get excited about earthly things? It's like we talked about in the beginning. Lord, how about that kingdom? We love physical things. We love physical things. I'm telling you, without a valid resurrection, you know what you've got? No Holy Spirit. That promise of the Holy Spirit that Christ gave back in, uh, I think it's the 15th chapter. It's invalid if he hasn't rose from the dead. If you have no resurrected Savior, you have no hope of the Holy Spirit. But we do. He arose. If you have no valid resurrection, you have no baptism. Your baptism means nothing if you have no resurrected Savior. You're buried with him, rose again. It all pictures what Christ did, and you're a part of that. No valid promise of the Holy Spirit. No valid baptism. You, without a resurrection, and you've got no valid Lord's Supper. Now, I know it's a look back in the Lord's Supper. We remember his death. But it's also by default till I come again. That's there. I'm telling you, the resurrection, without the resurrection, you've got no hope of those promises. Look at verse number 29. Bible says, Jesus saith unto him in John chapter 20. Jesus saith unto him in verse 29. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast sent me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. It's impossible for all of us to see, but it's possible for all of us to believe. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's unnecessary for all of us to see. It is necessary for all of us to believe. John 3, 7, ye must be born again. It'd be nice for all of us to see that. But it's better for us to not see, but believe. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says in Philippians 2, and we'll close with this, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. He is risen. Now go. Go. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.